everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to our third and final episode in our search for the ultimate tactical ammunition plan for personal defense. And this week, ammo tune-ups. Well, sort of. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, look, in the past two episodes, what we looked at were your considerations for choosing the right tactical ammo for your handgun from the point that you're trying to decide which brand on the shelf to choose. And we even talked about your own home and range lab tests. So by now you've done your analysis and you have done your range experiments and you should now have full confidence that your rounds are going to fire when you need them, but also that you have the right stopping power that you need to put an attacker down fast. But we're still not done because there are still a few booby traps along the way that really can sabotage the ammo that you just chose. And a lot of gun owners don't even know about what these booby traps are and some of the problems that can come up. And frankly, even those that do know about these really aren't taking the right precautions to avoid problems. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I have my last four tactical ammo tips for your personal defense platform. I'm going to break these down into kind of like a yearly maintenance schedule, if you will, so that you really have something that you can track and you can put in your schedule and something that you know is going to support the ammunition and the firearm, actually, that you chose. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. And first up, we're going to look at your annual checkup. Now, let's face it. Most gun owners, they're not even firing their weapon. I mean, most people out there that own a gun don't really do much with it. If they have it for personal defense, a lot of time they're just, you know, they have it for their home. It might sit in a safe somewhere or in their bedside table at night or whatever. But most people aren't training with their weapon, okay? And some of them may have that same box of ammunition when they purchased the gun for personal defense. They bought a box of ammo for it, and they just have it loaded up, ready to go, but it could be there for years. I mean, I'm sure you know people who have had their weapon, but you don't see them going to the range. You don't see them training with it at all. They just have it. So they probably have that same box of ammunition that they purchased years ago. But here's the problem with that. There, there, even if it's in an isolated environment, there can be climate changes that can compromise the round integrity. Okay, so for somebody that is maybe just uses it for home defense and has it um, somewhere. Most likely it's not in a climate-controlled environment. So you have things like, you know, uh, it can be hotter in the house, it can be colder in the house. So when you have those climate changes, you can sometimes get condensation. Now that can cause rust. It could cause some sort of round integrity or, uh, you know, round compromise of the integrity over time. And again, we could be talking years now for somebody. But when you need it, you need it. So for somebody that just has it at home, just those those climate changes in the house can 
create some sort of, of compromise in the round. Now, if you carry concealed, you have, you run even more of a problem there because what you might be taking it from very, now I live in Texas, so it's, it can be very hot outside. It can be very humid where you are. You're taking it from there. You're going into an air conditioned building or the air conditioned home and going back and forth between hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and hot and cold can create that condensation, uh, which can lead to rust, which can, which can lead to problems. Now, this isn't something that's going to happen you know, very quickly, it's a very slow process, but it can happen, especially if you have the same ammunition that you've had for a long time. So a lot of people, again, even if they carry concealed, they, they are carrying, you know, their, their carry ammo, the load that you chose, that box that you chose, that you ran all those tests on. Some people have that same carry ammo for years. And that could be, I mean, they don't, they don't fire it at the range. They just basically have had it for years. And over time, that can compromise the integrity. So the first thing that we're going to do is at least annually, you want to fire your carry ammo. And, you know, you, you can do this periodically, but let's, let's face it. I mean, carry ammo, you know, true, true defense rounds are going to be more expensive. So you don't want to use them as your practice ammo all the time. We talked about the benefit of doing that, though, so that you have confidence in the round. However, you need to do it at least annually. So after you've chosen your ammunition that we've been talking about, and you've run it through the tests, you have the confidence in it. When you have that carry ammo, you want to put the date that you purchased it on the ammunition. And what you want to do is as you're going in and you're going to get your practice rounds for the range and things like that, just look at the box of ammo that you have, look at the date on it, and annually, when it gets to the end of that date, you want to replace that box. Now this one, it, it, it gives you, again, it forces you to really use your carry ammo for practice, which we say that you should do periodically. So you're going to do that at least annually now. The other thing is that it gives you a chance to test out new ammunition. You might find something that you, you know, that's something that you've been wanting to try and you have to replace that box anyway. And maybe this is a time that you go back through other tests and, and run them. Uh, you're stopping power tests, shooting the watermelon, all that stuff. Um, with new ammunition. So it kind of gives you, it gives you a reason to tell the spouse, you know, I'm off to, I'm off to, sh- um, it gives you a good, good, um, opportunity to go shopping and go to the range. So, um, and I can always use that excuse. But, uh, so, so that's what you want to do is you want to put, put the date on the box in, in big magic marker and annually once it gets to that date, go ahead and take it to the range, run it through, replace it with your, your new load carry ammo. And then you're good to go. Okay, so that's your annual maintenance plan. Now, along those same lines of, of maintaining an unused gun, number two is you, you really must understand that the number one reason that you're going to have problems with your ammunition, either the, the, the gun jamming the round, um, so the weapon, you know, weapon not being able to do it, be able to load that round, or just a failure to feed, the number one reason that's going to happen isn't the gun itself but it's the magazine. And there are a few things that can go wrong here. And the first one that we'll tackle is, is the spring that, that pushes the follower and the bullets up to position the rounds to be able to be fed into the chamber, okay? And one of the biggest things that happens here is that people, again, with those unused weapons, they leave the ammunition inside of them. And we're talking about autoloader magazines, obviously, okay? An autoloader auto handgun, semi-automatic. And so, 
what happens is people load that ammunition into the magazines, and if they don't use that ammunition, if they don't if they don't fire the gun, if they don't train with it, that spring just stays fully depressed all the time. Now, that spring needs springiness in order to push those rounds up into the magazine. So if you just were to leave the magazine there for extended periods of time, it can you know scrunch up that that spring and it's not going to have the springiness it needs to shove those bullets up when you need them and be able to feed feed your weapon. Okay, now springs are specifically designed when they're when they're making magazines and the technology that goes into this. Um, that's understood that 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 that's a problem. So we have much better technology these days. However, again, over a period of time, these things can you know, obviously they can wear away, especially if you just got them jammed in there. So the one thing that we're going to talk about here first is going to be to maintain the spring integrity. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you're not just keeping them jammed into the magazine all the time. All right. So there's a few things that you want to you want to do here. Okay. So one is to have at least four magazines in your possession. And I and and I promise you probably about 85 percent of people out there only have two magazines, one that was bought with the weapon and then an extra an extra magazine that most likely came with the weapon as well. And they stopped right there, figuring that's all I need, you know, two magazines, especially well, most people don't even carry a second magazine on them that carry concealed. OK, which we've talked about this before. Actually, um, E.J. Owens talked a lot about this in our, in our some of our uh, interviews before. And you should have a second magazine to carry on. If you carry a gun, carry a mag- an extra magazine. But most people only have two. And the problem with that is if you keep both of those magazines loaded all the time, then you, there's nothing to change out. And that's what we're talking about here. So one, to set yourself up, have at least four magazines. Okay. The other one that you want to do is you want to change out the, those magazines, like basically rotate your magazines uh, every month. So what I do is I just set it up the first of every month. I go in and I change out, I, I rotate the magazines that I'm using. So again, if you only have two magazines, there's nothing to rotate if you keep them both, if you keep them both full. So with four magazines, you pull the ammunition out of the two magazines that you've had loaded for the month and you put it into the other one. Now one thing, the other thing I'll say here with this is that you don't want to top off your mags. And this is a controversial topic. I know some people don't really care about this. Or they've never had a problem with their weapon or whatever, but I know with my Glock, when I, when I actually load it to the max, I've got to jam that final round into the magazine. Like it takes, uh, there's a significant amount of pressure that, that goes into loading that last round than it does loading the second to last round. It's a, it's a significant difference. So you've got to really jam that thing down there. So for me, that, that spring integrity, and again, there's going to be people to say, you know what, I do that all the time and I've never had a problem. But he, here's the way that I look at it. It, it, with that much jamming onto that spring, for me, it, it, um, with, I mean, with that difference between the second to last and the last, I really truly feel like I'm putting an excessive amount of pressure on that spring to be able to do the job that I needed to do when I fire off the first round. So I carry with one in in the uh, 
one of one in the pipe. So I always keep one round chambered when I carry. Okay. Um, what a lot of people do is they'll top off their their magazines. So when you're carrying, typically what you'll do is you'll you'll put the magazine in, you'll chamber around, you pull the magazine back out, and then put one more round in there. So that you know this is why when you see you know ten plus one um, on on the um, uh, the ammo capacity, you'll see like 10 plus 1, which is, you know, 10 in the magazine plus 1 in the chamber. So um, I do carry with a round chambered, but a lot of people will take the magazine out, chamber another round to be able to put it in there. The problem that I like this is that it, it could possibly, that added pressure on the spring could cause, um, it might, to me it doesn't give enough spring relief over time. Okay, so if you're doing that all the time, you're really keeping it super compressed all the time. So that's one thing. The other thing is that it's possible that the operating mechanism could be slowed down with the firing of that first round. Okay, so with everything jammed in there, you're going to get that one shot off with in the chamber, but you are, you know, that next round that gets pushed up, it, there could be a slowing of the operating mechanism that was going to feed that round. Now, I, I've only had this happen one time to me. Where I fired around and it didn't it didn't feed the the next round and now that's that's all that's ever happened to me. So I'm not saying this is a huge concern. However, I have talked to police officers who have said that 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 is one thing that their armor has always maintained. So if you're a police officer, you may have heard that before. Um, again, some of you maybe have have never had that problem, but for me, when I need those rounds to fire, I need them to fire. And so I always look at every precaution. It's like why chance it. So just for me, it was, it was, you know, really jamming that last round down that to me, it's so different. It's such a different feel. And I know I'm really crunching things out in there that it makes a difference to me. So my, my recommendation to you is to not top off your magazines, first of all, all right, when you're carrying. So, you know, load your magazine up with full capacity. Okay. Push that last round in there. All right. Load the magazine, chamber the round, and then don't pull the magazine out and top another round off on it. That's my recommendation. Um, the other thing is that when you are storing them, don't crunch that last round down. Okay, so in your spare magazine that you're that you don't have loaded, don't don't load it up to full capacity. I know that's going to give you two less rounds if you had to go through both magazines, but um, you know, I'm I'm again, I'm just that's just my recommendation because. The, the gun's only good for you if it fires. If you have a failure to feed, you've got to, you, you're going to have to clear that jam or whatever. And so, um, anyway, you, you, there'll be people that will say, Jeff, you, I don't, I don't believe you. I'm not going to do it. That gives me two less rounds. Um, I, well, hold on, hold on to that thought because tip number four is going to help, uh, maybe with that as well. So, uh, tip number four is coming up a little bit later. Um, and we do have a couple more of these ammo support tactics that are coming up. And tip number four is what I would consider the number one secret that you really need to know about your ammunition that could literally save your life in a real gunfight. But first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. 
Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as... One. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. Two. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. Three. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. Four. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range. Don't place your family's safety in the hands of Hollywood fairy tales and hearsay. Claim your free copy of Stopping Power Secrets now, now. at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back talking about how to support your personal defense ammo platform for dependability and confidence in protecting yourself. And for our third tactic, we're going to stay with the topic of the magazine, which is where we left off before the commercial break. So let me ask you this. When was the last time that you cleaned your weapon? Okay, now hopefully most of you answered that with, you know, if you're really dependable, you're doing it after every one of your live fire training sessions. You go down to the range, fire off some rounds. You know that there is residue in there from, you know, the carbon from, from the, and the exhaust from shooting those rounds. And so you're one of those true blue gun owners, and you just believe that a clean weapon is, is an integral part of your defense platform because you need that weapon to be dependable when you need it, right? Okay, let me ask you this now. When was the last time that you cleaned your magazines? Now, even those people that clean their gun every time they go to the range probably would say not as often. Most likely, that's it. Some people will say never. We ran a survey on this before, and there were people that their response, when we asked, how often do you clean your magazines? And the response was, typically, I don't. Um, one person said, I mean, I saw this, there was one response that said, um, I, I only, only clean them if I'm start, if I notice that I have a problem. Well, if you have a problem, that means, you know, when do you, that, that could be when you're facing somebody in a parking lot. And that's not the time to think, oh, wow, I should have cleaned my magazines. And we just got done saying before the commercial break that the number one failure of your weapon to fire is typically not the gun itself that you're cleaning after every live fire training session, but the magazine. So if that's true, which it is, then why are you cleaning your magazine far less than your weapon or sometimes even not at all? Okay. And, and here's what happens is those magazines have a much, much better propensity to, to collect dirt and grime and carbon and, and all these different things just from the nature of what they are. I mean, they, there are openings in there. You're pulling them out all the time. You are, you know, you're exchanging ammo. You're firing the weapon. There's, there's carbon exhaust that's getting, that's getting put down inside of there. Now again, this is, you know, technology is such that it's, it's not gonna, you know, necessarily show up right away, which is why probably a lot of people don't really, you know, take, take as good a care of their magazines. But, you know, they get dropped in the dirt. If you're going to an outdoor range or even if you're just dropping them on the ground, they get, they get dropped in the dirt. If you're carrying them inside of a pocket or a pouch or anything like that, those pouches, I mean, even the, even the extra ammo pouch, can get dirt and lint from your clothing inside of it and stuff like that. And so you put the, the magazine down inside of there or you're carrying them around in pouches. 
especially if you're in the military and you're carrying, I mean, everybody in the military knows that, I mean, especially if you're over in the desert, that sand is a mother <laughs> and it can really gum up, you know, magazines and, and, and things. So, you know, you're, it's getting, it's getting exposed to all of this debris that can create, make, you know, create these, these obstacles for it to be able to feed the round correctly into the chamber. All right. So our recommendation is that you actually clean your magazines. I know. Shocking, right? And, and the thing with the magazines, and we see this a lot, is that people tend to think that oily and, and greasy, even those people that, that just maintain them just by keeping them lubed, will put like, um, you know, CLP, like brake free cleaner or something on it to keep them lubed up, thinking that that's going to, you know, keep things moving. Actually, that kind of stuff can, especially when you mix it with debris and the exhaust from the rounds, the carbon can actually gum it up even more. So the rule with magazines, what you want is you want clean and dry. That's the rule. Okay. So you want to keep the magazine dry on the inside, dry on the outside. But you need to keep them clean on the inside and clean on the outside. So that, well, one is for, so that it'll feed the, the, feed the round, but also so that when you need to change out your, your magazines, if you need to do a, a reload, that the magazine's gonna drop out effectively. It's not gonna get jammed up. It's not gonna be dirty or have extra carbon in the magazine well or on the magazine itself. So you, you need all of those to be working perfectly well, okay? So. You sh we recommend that you you clean your magazines at least annually in low debris environments. And what I mean by that is if you're just keeping it in a safe or you're keeping it in a bedside table or something like that, um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't clean your weapon. Because anybody, I mean, if you look at a, a counter, how how long does it take for dust to get on a counter? You know, I, I mean, if you're if you're cleaning your house, you're going to notice that there's going to be dust there on top of the picture frames or whatever. So there's dust in the air. Just it's just naturally there, even if you have it like in a bedside table or a, a safe or something like that. To me, just do it annually. Just just do it when you when you go to load that box of uh, I mean, you're going to go to the range anyway to to fire off that that box of carry ammo. When you get back, clean your weapon and clean your magazines as well. Now, if you're in you know, basically like high debris environments, then you're going to obviously clean it a lot more often. Okay. So, um, and if you're, if you're going to the range, my recommendation is that you also clean it a little bit more, you know, a lot more frequently. So when you clean your weapon, clean your magazine as well. It doesn't take that much for just like the, you know, the, the ongoing maintenance. So, you know, you, you don't have to take it all apart or do anything like that. You just have to basically just push down the follower, like push the spring down. You can use like a pencil or something like that. Push it all the way down. And those witness holes that are along there that tell you, I mean, most, most of these magazines, like my Glock has these witness holes in it. So you can, little windows, you can see how many rounds are left in the magazine. When you push down the, the follower with a pencil or something, just stick a pen I mean, I'm sorry, like a pin or something in there, and it'll just keep the follower down. And all you need to do is really, um, one thing I like to do is just take, take some compressed air and just take a couple of blasts like that just to, you know, get everything, just get the major debris out of there. And then I just use my, my, the toothbrush that I, that I have, the, um, the gun clean toothbrush. Just wipe it all down. Now, I will also periodically every, um, uh, I do it probably every, um, 
well, probably more, I probably do it more than I should, but definitely every six months, I'll, I'll take everything apart and, and really clean it, clean it out. And that gives you an opportunity to inspect everything. So to make sure that there's no rust on the spring, uh, the lip of the magazine doesn't have any corrosion on it or anything like that. It gives you the ability to check the integrity of it. But I have to warn you here, um, you know, you, you really need to make sure because magazines, will disassemble different ways depending upon different guns. So you want to make sure that you're checking the instructions on your specific magazine that you know how to dis- disassemble it and put it all back together because that's the last thing you want is to be, you know, put it all back together and you're you're not putting it back together right and it's not working. Okay? But it really doesn't take that much to clean it. So, but again, clean and dry is the rule. So wipe it down with a dry cloth, okay? And then one thing that you can use that, that I really like is, uh, is this product called MagSlick. I'm not sure who actually puts it out. Um, I'm not sure what their actual price, the, the, their, their brand name is, but it's called MagSlick. And what it is, it's a lubricant, but it's a dry lubricant. So, again, I don't, I don't recommend that you put, like, break-free in there or anything like that. If you use an oil, you need to make sure that it's you're wiping it down completely, okay, so you don't have any excess oil in there. But what I like about the MagSlick is that it's, it's a dry lubricant, and it helps repel dirt and grime and things like that. So it lubes it up, but it's dry. It's not going to get all gummy. It's not going to um, get, get sticky inside of there like having excess oil in there was. So um, that's a product called MagSlick. Okay, and what you want to do is you want to spray down the inside of the magazine um, when you're taking, you know, after when you really take it apart, um, spray it down, wipe it down still. Okay, it's not like you spray it in there and just leave it there. Wipe it all down; it'll stay dry, and then um, spray on the outside of the magazine as well and wipe it down. Because again, you need that magazine to go to be able to be fed inside the uh, inside your pistol. Very. Um, you know, you want it to be, you want it to go in and out really fast, right? For these, for these reloads. Okay. All right. So finally, what we get to is what I consider to be the number one maintenance item that you must know about your ammunition. And I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this could really save your life. Okay. And this is, this is what I was talking about earlier because it's not, it's not just your weapon, and it's not just your ammo, and it's not just the magazine, because all in all, no matter how how much confidence that you have in your gun, okay, so we've already done the, the lab tests and everything, so now you have confidence, I mean, you already had confidence in your weapon, that's what you chose, you know that, I mean, that's that's your trusty sidearm, and now you have confidence in your ammunition, but none of that's going to matter if you don't have the tactics that are going to back it up. Okay. Now, why is this a maintenance issue? It's a maintenance issue because most people are just relying on the gun. They, they truly are not training the right way that's going to support your weapon. And I don't care how many times you go down to the range. I'll, I'll say this and I don't care how controversial it is and I will beat this until to my death is that Going there and having your weapon and looking at a paper target, firing from, you know, 7 to to 15 yards away, trying to get that tight shot group in a relaxed atmosphere of the gun range is not tactical training. That is marksmanship training. That is some technique training maybe as far as like shooting fundamentals. It gives you the feel of it as far as what it feels like to shoot a, a weapon in your hand. But ultimately, tactics are going to trump 
marksmanship and tactics are going to trump the dependability of your weapon every time as long as you're you have dependable uh, dependable weapon and ammunition obviously okay so but with all the tests that we've done with the weapon that you have you should have confidence in your weapon platform itself but do you have confidence in your tactics platform and that's where i see most people fail absolutely miserably and going down to the range is not good enough for you to be able to have confidence in your ability to defend yourself with that weapon. Okay. So this is where, um, your final maintenance issue with your, with our, with our broadcast here in, our, in this final series is that tactics trump firepower every time. Okay. So what that means is that you have to train tactically with your weapon. Now I'm not talking about going and taking some expensive gun course. Those are great. But they can be very expensive. You got to travel oftentimes and things like that. But those are those are good, so that you can get used to live fire on you know behind cover, um, firing while you're moving and things like that. But let's face it, most people are not going to do that. It's hard enough to get people to even out at the live fire range, let alone anything. But again, you don't need to go to the live fire range. Okay, and for me, that's that's even expensive. You're buying ammo, you're buying you're buying range time. It's time out of your day. You got travel, you know, things like that. So for me, I prefer, greatly prefer training at home with dry fire exercises. Okay, and what I recommend is that this is your weekly maintenance platform, and doing weekly dry fire exercises. Now you don't have to be some quote unquote gun nut to be able to do weekly dry fire exercises. Okay, it's, this is, these are these are very simple things that you can do weekly that are going to help you out way better than that time that you're going to spend down at the range and be done in a lot less time. Okay. Now there's a whole bunch of different dry fire exercises that you can do. You'll find some online, but um, a couple of resources that I want to give you are one, we have a, a collection of 67 different dry fire exercises that you can do at home. Um, our website is dirtcheapguntraining.com. And, uh, and all these exercises are fun. They're a lot more exciting than shooting down at the range because they're situational based. They're scenario based exercises, a lot of them. Or they're, I mean, they're just a lot more fun. You can do a lot more at home with dry fire. And I'm not going to go into all the, you know, the safety things and things like that about dry fire. Um, because I, I recommend that you find a resource to be able to teach you some of these things. Obviously, you're not going to use a loaded weapon. You're not going to, but I, again, there are safety precautions that you want to use with dry fire. I actually use an airsoft gun. I have a, a gas blowback replica of my Glock, and it's a perfect replica. And so it looks and, and feels the same in my hand. It has gas blowback, so there's a, a tiny bit of kick to it. But there are ways to set up your home as like your own indoor tactical range. In fact, think about it. That's where you would most likely defend yourself anyway, right? So why wouldn't you train in the environment, the realistic environment that you might have to defend yourself in? The range is not your realistic environment, okay? Your home is. Outdoors are, you know, in, in you know, but there, but these are things that we cover inside of our, our dirt cheap gun training. Uh, book, which is, which is pretty good. So that's one thing that will give you some, some weekly tips on different things that you can do. The other one is, uh, the friend of mine, Ox, who has actually cards, like a playing, a, a deck of playing cards with dry fire exercises on them. And I love these cards because they're very simple exercises and you have 52 there. So guess what? There's 52 weeks and I'm saying do these weekly 
And all you need to do is grab these cards. Um, they're at dryfiretrainingexercises.com. You can pick up a packet of these cards, and all you do is each week you pull out a different card. I have two right here. I'm going to give you two dry fire drills from, from Ox's cards right now. So here's one called uh, He Hates Cans, and this is a low-light low light exercise. And studies show, I, I'll, I'll quote the studies, about 80% of real gunfights happen in low-light setting. Makes sense, right? Criminals are out when they don't want to be noticed. Um, they're at a they're at a dark time where they can ambush you easier, and so about eighty per, and or you know let's say you're at home or it's evening time and somebody breaks into your home something like that. So you need to be able to train in low light conditions. Again, something that you're not really able to do down at the live fire range, right? You can't get everybody to agree like, hey guys, let's turn off the lights. So what this exercise does is it gives you the tactical training for being able to operate in low-light exercises. And here's the exercise. So I pulled out this card. Um, again, dryfiretrainingexercises.com. Um, and it says, have a training partner place cans or post-it notes around a room. Turn off the lights. Enter the room with your flashlight and weapon ready. Find and engage each target. Okay? Um, and, and, and Ox has, there's his safety precautions are inside the card, so it tells you how to safely do dry fire training exercises. I do want to stress safety, okay? But you can see how simple this is. This is th three sentences on a card, and it's basically a very simple exercise you can do. It takes no more than, like, say, 10, 15 minutes to, for you and your training partner to go through and do this exercise. That's it. How long would it take you to go down to the live fire range and just try and, you know, fire off some rounds? Okay, it's fun, but 15 minutes in your home, you get even better, more realistic training drills that are going to truly help you to engage an attacker in the realistic conditions of low light in your home. Okay, so so that's just one card. Let me give you another one here, and uh, this one's called Crunch and Shoot, and basically it's exercise mixed with dry fire. So hopefully you're staying in shape because I consider that a part of your survival platform is, is being able to stay in shape. If you have to run away from an attacker, if you have to run to help a family member or something like that, or you need to get out of the home, you need, you need to be in shape. I believe you need to be in I know, no, I know. You need to be in shape to be able to do that. Now, if you're looking down at that, at that belly sitting in the lazy boy recliner, you probably know you could probably use a few crunches. And so this exercise is gonna, is gonna help you kind of get in shape as well as uh, be able to check your drive. So it's called crunch and shoot. Let me read it to you. It's uh, It says, lay on your back like you're going to do sit-ups or crunches facing a light switch. Start by acquiring a sight picture at the top and bottom of your sit-up or crunch. Okay, so you're going to do sit-ups. You're going to do crunches with the weapon in your hand. You're going to be fixed on the the light switch so you have a target to aim at. And every time that you come up, you're going to maintain that sight picture. So in, a, in the dynamics of, you know, at a live fire range, you have a very stable platform, right? You're there, your feet are planted, your target is, is a piece of paper that's standing there in front of you, not moving. And the only thing that's moving is, is your finger, is your trigger finger and the, and the gun after each time you fire around. Okay. So it's a very static environment. That's not the way real gunfights happen. You're going to be moving. Your adrenaline's going to be going. Your attacker is not just going to sit there and let you punch holes in them. So it's going to be a dynamic, a dynamic movement 
situation. So what this does is it, it, number one, it, it helps to increase your adrenaline a little bit because you're, you're, uh, you're exercising. Okay. So your, your, um, your heartbeat's going to increase. Your breathing's going to, um, increase. It's going to simulate kind of that. Um, it's not going to be a true simulation, but it is going to bring your heart rate up and things like that. That's going to make it harder for you to keep a sight picture and you're moving your body. So it does give you the ability to kind of, you know, draw in more, work on those supporting muscle groups and, and your focus and everything to be able to keep the, keep your sights on your target. Okay. So that's that at the, at the, at the top and bottom of your sit up and crunch. And then it says work towards keeping your sights aligned for the entire set. Okay. So, um, start by at the top, get your sight picture, go down on your sit up, get your sight picture and then work your way toward actually, you know, once those you, you starting to get those six pack abs going, work on just keeping your sights on, on the light switch through the entire movement of going up and down for the crunches. Okay. That's it. That's all it takes. So if you're already doing exercises at home, if you're training at home and you work out at home, guess what? Just take those sit-ups that you were doing and just use the, use your firearm with it as well. You can do the same thing with, um, there's also exercises in there for lunges, being able to use your weapon while you're doing lunges, just body weight lunges or just body weight squats. When you have, you know, we find that, um, people tend to, to naturally, um, bring their body down into a lower, a lower, um, not, a, not a true, cr- like crouch all the way down, but you bring your body down when you engage a target. Okay. Well, just, you know, doing, um, body, body weight crunches, just have your weapon. And the same thing, just like the, um, the push, the sit-ups, you know, have a light switch there, bring your body, bring your body down, engage a target, bring your body up, engage the target. And so you can do, you can incorporate this and make it a gun workout. Okay. So those are just a, a few examples, but again, weekly, you can do this in just a, a matter of minutes, but it's going to continuously keep you in practice way far better than it is going to the, to the range. Okay. And so that's the ultimate one. So for anybody, as you were going through all this ammo lab range tests and stuff like that, that we're thinking, okay, that's great, but you know, truly it's tactics. Well, it really is, but I, it was so important that I wanted to save it for my very last in the three part series. So Hopefully you've gotten a lot out of these last, uh, these, these three training episodes that we've had with tactical, uh, tactical ammunition tips. Okay. If you haven't heard the other ones, go back and start from part one and work your way through. We've done these in progression. And so there's, I think there's a lot of information in there. We've had some great feedback on it. Some things that people didn't know or think about doing, or sometimes even you knew what to do. Like today, you're probably thinking, yeah, you're right. I probably should clean my magazines. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, hopefully this will get you off your ass and actually doing some of that and the dry fire training exercises. Cause most people, even though you know about dry fire training, aren't really doing it, but hopefully with a couple of, of Ox's cards, you can see that it really is quite simple to do and it will make a big impact. Okay. So again, hopefully you got everything out of here. Now go ahead and put some action behind it. Really run these things, really do the range test, really, really do these dry fire exercises. Don't just listen to these podcasts and say, Oh, those are, that was good information. Actually do this stuff. Okay. And what I'd like to do is hear from you. What are some different, like maybe some dry fire training exercises that you do? What are some maintenance things that you do with your weapons? So make sure that you go ahead and leave a comment on the blog, uh, where this podcast is. Give us some of your own tips, leave some comments there, some feedback. And don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave us those five star reviews and let us know how well we're doing. We're really looking forward to 
um, to expanding and doing doing more of these uh, these types of tips and and our podcast is our is my favorite way of doing it and working with people. So definitely um, give us some give us some sound feedback, give us those five star ratings, and help us spread the word. Okay, all right. That wraps everything up for this three-part series. Um, and until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.